Hey world, this is Ross here with my podcast. This is episode uh, 26. Thanks again for tuning in uh, to this podcast. I really appreciate it. If you like it, uh, maybe share it. Um, I just got a text from John Richardson and he says that I am an influencer, which I don't even know what the hell. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually played at a dog park recently and this this gig was super interesting i played no pa system just literally sang songs at the entrance and the people running it were like yeah there's gonna be a lot of influencers here at this party and it turns out it was like instagram dog instagram pages like dog influencers so it's like like instagram famous dogs (laughs) which i actually have tina uh, uh, this this one's going off the rails real quick um, but anyway, uh, so sorry, I was, I, I should be paying attention to what I'm doing and not my goddamn text. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, if you like the podcast, share it, rate it, maybe give it a little, uh, a little rating on iTunes. Um, my upcoming dates every Monday, I'm at the true music room at the Cambria hotel here in Nashville. Um, and then every Friday I am at the Nashville underground on Broadway. That's 10 to two. Um, and then for all the North Shore people listening, uh, Paul, Phil, and myself will be at Opus in Salem, December 14th and 15th. That's a Friday, Saturday night. Um, tell all your friends. It's going to be crazy. Uh, so we're really excited about that. RossLivermore.com for all of the dates. Spotify. Check out This Is Not Forever on Spotify. Maybe give it a couple streams. Or I guess, it's not, is that streams? That's streams spins whatever and then um the hey world playlist on spotify as well um i'm updating that i'll probably update that after i finish this podcast um with some new music that i've been listening to and as always your dude stoked on instagram to give that a little follow and uh that's about it so here we are once again from nashville tennessee the hey world podcast episode 26 let's do it Okay, we finally got it right. Welcome back, everybody, to my podcast. This is uh, Hey World with me, Ross Livermore, um, episode 26. And uh, as you heard in the intro, you haven't on Instagram Live or Facebook Live. But normally, if if you've only tuned in on Facebook and Instagram, um, this podcast is also on iTunes and SoundCloud, so you can listen to the whole thing. I normally do like a two to three minute intro. Uh, at the beginning, but as you heard in the intro, I was texting with my friend John Richardson, and he said that I was an influencer, and the reason why he said that was because I gave him a book recommendation uh, on this book called The War of Art, and I've heard about this book for a long time, if you're watching, Um, I've heard about this book for a long time, the first time I heard was on, on the Joe Rogan podcast, um, I'm like, I had it in my list. I'm like, I need to read that. Um, but I never really did. And then this, uh, past Thursday, I opened for my good friend and mentor Ryan Montblou in Charlotte. And he actually had the book and he's like, have you ever read this book? And I was like, no, but I've heard about it. Um, 
I've been hearing about it for a long time and uh, I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me. So he gave it to me. He was just like, take it. And when you're done, just send it back. Or I think maybe he didn't even say that. I think he just gave it to me. So I was like, have you ever read how to win friends and influence people? And he said he hadn't. So I'm going to mail him that book. And I wanted to send this one back as a, um, as uh, an offering of good measure, if that's even a thing. But it's cool. It's just like a, um, it's for any creative people, or it even talks about like exercising. And it, it, all it does is talk about uh, battling resistance. You know, like I, a a weekly exercise in battling resistance for me is doing this podcast <clears throat> because I uh, try to do a schedule. I'll actually show you on Instagram. I can't really on the Facebook. But if you look, I try to like map out my day. I don't even know if that actually, you could even read that at all. Because I can barely even read my handwriting anyways. <clears throat> but um, what was I trying to say? Oh, yeah. So I try to like map out my days and all this stuff. And um, so I was supposed to do the podcast at 10 o'clock, 10 to 11 um, but you know, you just kind of like start to wander and it's this whole book talks about that. Just like the resistance that we all feel, um, when we're trying to do a creative act and like trying to write and it's just a, how, how, uh, how we find a million different reasons to not do the thing that we're supposed to do. So, um, it, it was really inspiring and I, I recommended it to John because he is a big reader and, uh, so when he bought the book online, he's like, dude, you're an influencer. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I've been under the influence before. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm an actual influencer. Um, anyway, so last week was a crazy week of gigs. Um, and I say crazy, it wasn't like a ton of, uh, there was some travel. But it, it was more like uh, the, I did three brand new gigs, three gigs that I've never done before, and they ranged so widely. <clears throat> so I started doing a new hotel gig. So I told you guys I quit my job, which is like a game changer. It it it, it is it's amazing. Um, so I quit my job and I started a new hotel gig. So Monday nights I'm playing at this place called the True Music Room at the Cambria Hotel. And this place is badass. It's just like a state-of-the-art venue in the hotel. That's what's so cool about Nashville. Like they, they put such an emphasis on the live music thing that even if in the hotels they have sick venues. Um, so I'm playing there on Mondays and it's... it's uh, Anytime I do a new gig like that, it's always stressful because you're like, I don't know what the clientele is going to be like. I don't know like if this, like just the, the vibe of the room, if the bartenders are going to be cool. Um, but the staff there um, were amazing. Drake and Brody, the bartenders, super cool. Um, and they have a, uh, was it Im first, first image? sound they have a sound company and a lot of their sound guys are just like dude like road guys who were not traveling so it was interesting the first guy that i had uh, i think his name was daniel he um is kane brown's front of house sound and then um parker who was there last night um just does a, a bunch of festivals he was telling me about the whole uh pilgrimage debacle 
um, which like it was just seemed seemed crazy because they just got massive storms. Um, but yeah, the, it was just like it was great, and like I'm really trying to uh, with these types of hotel gigs and performance stuff, like get better with just like taking requests, which for me has always been like really scary because you're just like putting yourself out there to sound awful you know you're like i'm just yeah anything you want to hear if you want to hear it i'll I'll do my best so like last night i did some foo fighters and i did some like uh what, who else did i do i did like a bunch of Beatles songs last night like uh across the universe which i know is john lennon solo for all you Beatles guys assholes <laughs> um in my life um which is really nice to be taking Beatles requests when you're playing in Nashville because I feel more comfortable playing those songs than I do like Waylon Jennings or like Willie Nelson or something like that. Um, which is part of the reason why I'm really excited to start doing Broadway because it's going to force me to learn um, like music that I've never listened to. Like I grew up in New England, you know what I mean? So like learning country music or just even playing country music growing up where I did was like, was not a, not a thing that you, uh, you really were doing, you know, there was more of an influx of reggae bands in the North shore of Massachusetts than there was any country bands. The only time I started to see country music in the North shore was when Annie Brobst moved. And I've talked about Annie before. I think I was talking to her and Ryan on, uh, the podcast last week but that was really the first time and I, I think that's part of the reason other than the fact that she's like amazingly talented um but there's really not a ton of country music up there other than um like big festivals and stuff so like she plays and just plays a ton of gigs and kills it every time because she does it really well and um there's just not a ton of acts up there so yeah like but I, i'm really excited to start to play these songs now because I think I can take a lot of influence um, into my own songwriting <clears throat> when I learn these classic songs. So that gig was great. Um, and I was actually talking to the bartenders last night and they, it, it's funny because it, it, that gig reminds me of playing sun, like the Sunday night gigs we used to do with Paul and Phil at, at Vicks, RIP. Um, because you had like a banter between the bartenders and and the and the artist and um everyone in the crowd got involved and it's just fun because like you're up there playing four hours um with one break of just songs so it could get really it can get rough and i've it's been rough before but i don't know i have this new mentality about it like just just take requests have fun with it you're there and this is way better than like serving chicken fingers and like taking out the trash, you know? So anything, uh, I just, I don't know. My whole new approach on it. It's just like, it's fun. And it's four hours of stage time, like practice time, you know? Um, where I'm just working on my singing, pushing the limit a little bit more. And I'm like, because I think those gigs, part of the reason why I started to really hate them was that I just like never learned any new songs. I was just doing the same three hours of material over and over and over again. Um, 
But if I can throw in like five or 10 new songs every time, it just ups the catalog. It just keeps you on your toes and it keeps it fun. I don't know. It, it, it's supposed to be fun. Um, and that gig, it just, it's, it's, it's good. So I hope, I hope that I can continue to do it, but that's uh Monday. So that was, that was the first one. The second gig that I did that week was actually in Charlotte, um, opening for Ryan Mott blue. Now, if you know me, uh, you've known that I'm a huge Mott blue fan. And, uh, it's funny because he was a substitute teacher at my high school. Um, when we were teenagers, I remember having him in uh, my English class, Miss Merrill, um, which was my, uh, that was my junior year. Um, yeah. And I remember actually side note, Miss Merrill, I asked her to write a recommendation for me and she like, I was a C student and she's like, I just want to let you know, I want you to look at your grade in this class and look at the work you did and you know, ask yourself if you really want me to write this recommendation. I was like, I didn't look at anything. I was just like, yeah, sure. So she wrote me like, he's a very average student. He doesn't put the work in like a, like a very honest recommendation. And like, I was like, man, that bitch, I can't believe she wrote that recommendation. But I mean, it was true. You know, it was one of those, one of those moments that I'll always remember in high school, like, uh, getting that, reading her recommendation. Obviously I never turned it in um, to any colleges, but it was just like a, it was a, a hard lesson to be learned. And that's part of the reason why I like this book because I read the first, it's, it's, it's the pages, like you can see, like it's, this is a page, you know, it's like not very, it's not a long, this could be like, you read it twice, um, pretty quickly, but it's like the first, the first book in it, it's called, it's, I think it's just called resistance right? Is that what this is? There's like three, there's like three books in it. Let me show you real quick. Book one, resistance. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, like, it's like 50 or 60 pages and man, it's like hard to read because it, it, it makes you, makes you like look inward a bit and you're like, Oh, uh, maybe I'm not a professional, you know, maybe, maybe all those years, of working and putting out stuff. Maybe I was just doing it at an amateur level. And, um, one of the things it says is that resistance hates a professional. And, uh, it's funny that I got this book as I quit my job and became like full-time music. It's like, I got the book at the right time that I needed it. Um, but anyway, so, um, I went to Charlotte and it was a long ass drive. So typically like for a gig like that, I try to at least link, one or two gigs, obviously, because you don't, no one ever wants to drive seven hours to play one show, but it just didn't work. Um, didn't work out. And like Ryan is such a great dude and it was a great venue and I, I really wanted to play that show. So I went, um, and open forum and, uh, Oh, there's a spider on the wall, man. Got to get these spiders. Um, All right, I killed it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so uh I drove and I got there. I got there early. Um was talking to Joe the sound guy, super nice. Um and then Ryan got there and I've just like I've followed his music for so long and have been such a fan of the band and he was really like the first artist that I have ever seen 
ha- become become successful. You know what I mean? Like he, I had him as a teacher. He'd play it like Fridays near my house on Route One, like TGI Fridays. And he was just like a guy that was just singing songs. And eventually he started putting out albums and started like selling out the paradise in Boston, which uh, if you haven't been, it's kind of like the, um, I don't know, it's probably like a 800 capacity room. It's just like a legendary room in Boston. And uh, he started selling it out. And I remember watching it being like, that was a guy who was playing at Fridays, singing songs, like cover songs, all the way to being like successful. Like in my eyes, playing at the Paradise and selling it out, that was like, that's the pinnacle. Um, Or at least it was at the time. And I remember watching that being like, that was the first artist that I saw being like, it's actually possible to like be successful. Um so yeah, actually the first show I went to see him at the Paradise though I got so drunk I got kicked out and never ended up seeing the concert. <laughs> and I was 20, so I was like not legally It was it was it was a total shit show. Uh you know, just 20-year-old drinking like booze out of a Dr Pepper bottle, getting hammered. That actually that night is the reason why I can't drink Southern Comfort anymore. <laughs> Going to see a Ryan Mott Blue show. Um But that's like what you want out of an artist, you know what I mean? Like it's experiences. It's like songs bring you back to a certain time. <clears throat> and I'll always like, anytime I think of Southern comfort, I think of Ryan Mott blue for some reason. And there's other experiences obviously I've had with his music, but that was like really the first like full concert. I don't know. It was funny. But anyway, um, so as I started to progress in music, Ryan became a bit of a like mentor to me. Um, And he started to like, he was opening for Dave Matthews Band, doing all like these major festivals, touring around the country. And um, I was always asking him for advice. And he was always like super generous. Um, And I remember this is actually like going back to like the the recommendation letter. It's funny because I remember hanging out with Ryan one time in Beverly. And he, uh, we went to this uh, this music venue called Chianti and saw some some mutual friends playing and he came back to the house and we were playing um we were playing uh what the hell foosball and I was we were both like drinking and I was like dude if I beat you in foosball you need to let me open for you at the paradise and I rem- I'll, I'll always remember this he was just like I can't because you're not ready and I was like man like I was pissed you know what I mean I'm like I'm ready I'm totally ready but at the time, I, I I wasn't, you know? um, But that wasn't a thing that made me want to quit. It made me want to get better, you know what I mean? And I'll, for that lesson, I'll always be... Uh, I'll always remember that moment when he's just like, you know, you're not ready um, to do it yet. Because I don't think I was, you know what I mean? I was just like fucking around. Not taking it like fully seriously. Um, But cut to years later... Um, it worked out where I, this was the first time I supported him. And that was in Charlotte at the Evening Muse. And like the Evening Muse is just, the staff is great. Um, it's a family run business. Um, the sound guy, the whole the whole deal. Every Everyone there was cool. And like, it's funny because like working at Zany's, I really started to understand that the audience of an, a comedian or an artist is really just like an extension of their own personality. Um and 
I started to get that working there. And this, like, seeing Ryan's fans, I'm like, of course, these are the people that like Ryan because he's just like a laid back, cool, generous guy. And everyone that was there was super gracious to me because, like, I'm just this guy who's opening for the artist that they came to see. So, like, to, the fact that they were listening for seven songs, 35, 40 minutes, um, and like they bought stuff and like just, it, it, it was just, it's just really cool to see um, an artist who was so generous to other artists and to other and to his fans and to see like their, the fans respond and they're just like, they're fun and they're, they enjoy the show and they're asking me questions about like what it's like being in Nashville. And it's just, it was just, it was great. It was great all around. Um, so it made that long drive to do the one show totally worth it. Um, and I know I'm talking about this book a lot because Ryan was the one who actually gave it to me. He's just like, you know what? Read this book. Um, so I'm sending him how to win friends and influence people because he hasn't read that one. And I feel like we might get into a bit of a book swap. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you guys haven't heard of Ryan Montblou, check him out. Um, he is an important person in my musical journey. Uh, and he's just a great songwriter. He's been doing it forever. Just writing. Just amazing lyricist, amazing singer, and a great friend. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to doing more shows with him um, in the future. It's a legend, Mont Blue. And he's from, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he's from Peabody too. Um, Peabody, Massachusetts, killing it. Um, it's funny. Yeah, it was like, because everyone, all of his fans know that he has a song called Substitute Teacher Blues. And uh, I think all of his fans know it. And I, when, I, when I came up, I'm like, I am one of the students. So the song is true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Peabody, Massachusetts, killing it. There's an, actually another comedian out of Peabody called, uh, named Gary Gullman, who is going to be at Zany's in Nashville in December, and I'm going to be there. Um, and he also, I had him for a substitute teacher in gym, which like is crazy that I had these like two substitute teachers. They were doing it part-time before they came up and they actually like had a career. Like Gary Gullman came in second, I think. He w- he might have been on the Ralphie May last comic standing, and I think he lost to Ralphie. Let me look. Let me check it out. Season two. I don't know which one get. Uh, maybe I think maybe Ralphie May was on the first one. Mm, let me look season one. Oh yeah ralphie may one uh he was season one and then john heffron oh yeah i know him wow there's a lot of guys kathleen madigan was on that season Corey holcomb was on that season todd glass i don't know todd glass Alonzo Bowden. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, 
I had two substitute teachers in high school that were, um, that went on to do really cool things. Um, anyway, and then, uh, my third gig was the first Broadway gig of my life, uh, as the front person. And man, it was my chops for that type of gig are rusty, like real, (laughs) real rusty. Um, it's just nuts. It's just, it's a wild thing. So I play, I'm starting to do Fridays now at this bar called, um, Nashville Underground. And it's funny that I'm there because my first job in Nashville was at Nashville Underground before they closed and reopened. So it was like, it was a dump. It was just like every, the worst Yelp reviews I have ever read in my life were about the place that I just got a job. Um, I should try to find some, I should try to find some of these Yelp reviews and read them because they were like brutal. I mean, but there's, there, there, there were some really bad ones about Vix too when I was working there. Like people just, everyone thinks they're a critic, you know, it's crazy. Like there's a Yelp page and then someone can just like talk shit about a restaurant. I mean, I can vouch for the ones that were on Nashville Underground because I like I saw all of them happen, you know, but some of them just like, man, this person like get a fucking life, you know, what are you doing? Like you probably spent like hours doing that, writing that review and then getting it like checked out, you know, get like going to your editor, which is probably your husband. And he's just like, yeah, that's fine. Or, or wife or whoever. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, Nashville Underground, it was just like a dump, but it was owned by Gavin DeGraw and his brother Joey, um, and it still is. So they closed that one down and uh, took about a year or two and rebuilt it. Now it's just like state-of-the-art, like bad-ass venue. And the downstairs, there's like LED screens, um, all sorts of stuff. Like, And then the upstairs is this like dance club. It's crazy. Um, so I'm doing the 10 to two and man, it's like, yeah, well, exactly. The two stars are probably from the old location. I feel like to build up, I don't know. I actually thought about this because I'm like, the new place is so badass. I wonder if this old Yelp reviews like are still there. You know what I mean? If you like reopen under the same name, if they stay, I don't know how that works. I'll have to email Yelp, which I am not going to do. Because I don't really care at all, actually. <laughs> I was just like, I had a thought. Um, anyway, so I played there. Um, and it was good. The band was badass. It was Dan, my roommate. Um, Hinky Hamilton, who uh, I've talked about his brother, Tehran, who plays keys with me a bunch. But Hinky is just like, just the best. He's just like a sage guy, you know? And then um, Jonathan Smith, who actually I had never met before he walked on stage. He was uh, a recommendation of my buddy Grant who plays guitar. Um, and I was like, I need keys for this gig. And he's like, call Jonathan. He's the best. And he was the best. Like, but it's funny because like when you do a gig like that, like I don't really have a set band yet because it's just like a new thing that I'm doing. But excuse me. Um, yeah. So when Jonathan got there, I'm like, cool, this is like, we've never, We've never met or played any music together, and now we're gonna go do a four-hour gig, and we did it. And he like he just was on top of the songs, you know what I mean? Just like great ear, and same with Hinky. Um, 
We, I don't think we'd ever played a gig either. Dan was the only person I've ever even played with. <clears throat> Hanky, I know, I did like a three-song wedding showcase with him one time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it just like, we started playing, and I was like, man, like the set that goes over back home is not going to work here. I like knew it almost instantly. Just like, oh, I need to start to make some adjustments like real fast. Um because you just get like you get people down there that want to hear the stuff that they want to hear and like one guy like you know you always get the one person who like wants to flex their musical knowledge on you and they're like you don't know this band there was one guy he was wearing a shirt by a band called Outlaws um and uh he was like, man, play some Outlaws music. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that band is. Like, no one knows. It's probably like a famous regional band from like wherever he's from. Um, I always hate, it's just like, the. it's always an older dude, maybe at a wedding, and he's like, asks you about your the model of guitar that you have. He's like, oh, what's that? What's that, a Martin? It's like, yeah, of course it's a Martin, dude. Um, uh, yeah, it's like, of course it's a friggin' martin it says martin on the headstock he's like oh it's cool man I, I i play taylor's i'm like oh so you just wanted to tell me that you play that's fine i mean like and those types of people are they just they just they're pumped they're just pumped about music you know i guarantee you don't even know who the outlaws are <laughs> um but it's just you know these people they're just like pumped to be on vacation and they're just like you know i think i'm just trying to go into it with a good attitude like, they're just excited about music, and if you, like, you know, if there's the off chance that you know the band that they like, who cares? But yeah, it's just, like, there's a lot of music that they want to hear down there that I've, like, never played. Like, Dixie Chicks. Like, actually, I've never really even played a friggin' Willie Nelson song before, which is, I need to do. Um But that's why I'm doing it, because it's like, okay, well, I need to learn this stuff, and I need to learn this, and, like, all the band, they're just, like, I was just calling out songs that people want and they're like, sure, whatever, let's do it. And we like made it through some, that was the first, actually, this was the first night I have ever played friends in low places. And I, you know, I've never played it, but I fucking, I love that song. It's just such a funny, it's just like a kind of funny song, you know, about a dude who gets drunk at like this, like black tie event. It's really, I don't know. I, I've always liked that song. Um, I think part of the reason why I'm going to do all right down there is because most of the music that people want to hear, I've never listened to. So I'm not sick of it yet. You know, even wagon wheel, people talk shit about wagon wheel, but like, I've always loved that song and I don't listen to country radio and I've never even heard the Darius Rucker version. So I still really like that song, but we do a reggae version actually, just to kind of keep it interesting and, uh, and to mess with people a little bit because they want to hear it. But we're like, Bria! You know, ja, I'll praise ja. <laughs> um, but man, what a what an interesting, what an interesting thing. And I had a really good conversation with Hinky after, and he's just like, he's he's an insightful guy that's been around Nashville for a long time, and um, it's good to play with guys like that because they like open your mind to certain things that I would have never have thought about, and I definitely, um. I'm learning a lot just from like one gig and I'm excited. Actually, I'm, I'm like really excited to kind of keep that going. Um, 
because it's fun. Like I don't get like it's just stage time too. You know, like I th- I've thought about it and I'm like, man, I have not. A lot of times I get on stage, I feel like super rusty because I just like don't play as much as I need to be. And now it's like, all right, I have like these regular gigs. Like tonight, I, I'm I'm doing like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this month, uh, this month, this week, and it's just like hours and hours of stage time and playing and all this stuff and it's just like i'm just i'm i'm only sharpening my tool you know what i mean i'm only sharpening my skills as a performer and uh i'm really thankful to be able to do that now three years in nashville finally just like playing a lot and it's exciting because like they're all different types of gigs like monday was a hotel gig playing four hours for the guests thursday was a venue gig opening for one of my favorite artists to a small but sold out club of a hundred people of listeners of active focused silent listeners and then friday night drive back and play 10 to 2 for like a cover bar for just like an audience of like people who just want to hear the hits you know it's just like if you can do those three gigs and like do them well enough like it, it just only makes you a better and more well-rounded performer um and you can just take that into your own original project and and just like kick ass you know what i mean like take all the stuff that you learn from all of those different types of performances and bring it to your own project and just like kill it and like just just i don't know take all the stage time oh the griff is calling me let me see if i can get her on speakerphone actually Hey M. Hey M. I'm doing the podcast right now and you're on speaker. Oh god. All right, I'll be back after. You don't want to say hi to anyone? Um, hey. You hear you heard it here first everybody. The Griff says hey. Uh. <laughs> All right, I'll call you uh I'll call you in like 15 minutes. Okay. Bye. We're back. What a pleasant surprise, huh? Emma calling into the podcast. Uh, she hasn't been on in a long time, and I think people are like starting to get mad, mad at me. They're like, man, podcast is fine and all, but like, when when's Emma coming back? I'm like, I don't know. I If I do it around the time that she gets home, then she's on it. Um, But yeah, man, playing gigs, playing music, three years in Nashville. It's happening. Um... I think that's a good time to wrap it up. What do you say? So uh, thank you guys once again, as always, for, for tuning in to the live feed, tuning in to Facebook, Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, check out RossLivermore.com for all the upcoming dates and information about me, the podcast, the band, the upcoming record. Um, hey World playlist on Spotify, along with my music on Spotify. You're dude stoked. I'm dude stoked. We're getting gnarly with the podcast. Crazy. Um, and that's it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna sign off, and I'll see you next time. Okay. Bye bye.